In the name of God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. When was the last time that you climbed a tree? <laughs> Not to do work on the tree or to trim the tree for any practical reason, right? But for the fun of it. How long has it been? How long has it been since you've climbed up a tree out of wonder or excitement? I was trying to think for myself when the last time was, and I honestly cannot remember. I can't, I have to imagine that the last time I climbed a tree was with my kids, but then I'm not sure when they climbed a tree just for the fun of it, last. And all this strikes me as, as kind of funny because when I was a child, I lived in trees. I had tree houses, and, and my clubhouses were based around trees. My friends and I, we even had a so-called sacred tree, which was a particularly nice tree along a parkway where we would meet up and hang out. We could spend hours in the branches of that tree. That is, until one day some girls started hanging out at our tree, and like boneheads, we ran away from our tree and, and went off to find a new tree, as opposed to just playing with the girls. But anyway, along the way, along the line, somewhere, I gave up on trees. Tree climbing seemed to be for children. And when I was a child, I spoke and thought and reasoned like a child. But when I became adult, an adult, I put away childish things. What about you? When was the last time you climbed a tree out of curiosity or in the pursuit of joy? I imagine that most of you are like me. It's probably been a while. And I imagine this is especially true if and when we picture ourselves as dignified and put together. For indeed, those of us who are composed and serious adults tend not to climb trees. We've got more important things to do. We've got more important places to go and people to see. Tree climbing seems foolish in the grand scheme of things. We've only got so much time, right? and tree climbing no longer seems to fit in the big picture. But not for Zacchaeus. Apparently, rich and important Zacchaeus is still willing to climb a tree for curiosity's sake. Not only will he climb a tree, Zacchaeus is willing to run too. When we meet Zacchaeus in today's gospel lesson, we are told that he is rich and important. He wasn't just a tax collector, but a chief among tax collectors. Zacchaeus paid the Romans up front for the taxes, and then he had to lean on his subservient tax collectors to collect taxes so that he could make his money back. He was at the, at the top of a grand 
pyramid scheme that the Romans had created to keep their coffers full and the occupied Jewish people in line. He was the top dog in a, in a Roman scheme. And you see, back then, rich and important men, they didn't run anywhere. And they certainly didn't climb trees. It would have been considered beneath his dignity for Zacchaeus to run. And even worse, imagine the scandal that it must have caused to see him up in that tree. The people around him, they must have been shocked. And they, they also must have laughed and mocked him, especially because he was a hated agent of the Roman occupiers and a great symbol of oppression. Zacchaeus wasn't a beloved eccentric member of the community who could get away with the occasional tree climbing. No, he was despised. And Zacchaeus must have fought every day to maintain a sense of dignity and self-worth. This one moment of him up in that tree would have given his neighbors years of ammunition to mock him. And so if we want to hear this story, then we need to allow the absurdity of this picture to enter our imaginations. We must see the notoriously short Zacchaeus trying to hoist himself up into a sycamore tree, a tree exactly like the one that we have in the courtyard here at the church. We need to hear the, the snickering and the jeers of Zacchaeus's neighbors. We need to acknowledge that Zacchaeus is acting the fool just because he is curious and fascinated and filled with the wonder of a child. Zacchaeus is a foolish seeker up in a tree trying to catch a passing glimpse of Jesus. But it is this foolishness that allows him to see Jesus. And it is this foolishness that allows Jesus to see him. For indeed, it would appear that Jesus is a fan of foolish and childish behavior. For it is Zacchaeus' foolish hope that causes Jesus to see him up in that tree, and it is that foolish hope to see Jesus that causes Jesus to see him and insist that Zacchaeus welcome Jesus into his home. Zacchaeus' foolishness enables his world and his life to be transformed in his encounter with Christ. It is this foolish hope that opens the door for salvation. Zacchaeus allows wonder and curiosity to get the better of him. Allows wonder and curiosity to make him a fool. And this paves the way for the joy of encounter and for salvation. And I wonder this morning,
what might happen to us if we allowed fascination and curiosity to get the better of us more often? What might happen if we allowed ourselves to be foolish in our pursuit of joy or justice or peace or wholeness or inclusion? What real or metaphorical trees might we climb in order to the in order to behold the divine in our midst. But with these questions asked, I don't, I don't want to sound Pollyanna. I feel like I must acknowledge that we live in a world filled with injustice and pain and heartbreak and cruelty. We see the rise of politically motivated violence and, and the possibility for the erosion of our democracy. We face crushing economic realities that particularly hurt those who can least afford it. We face the long-term threat of climate collapse and these days even the potential for the use of nuclear weapons. In our despair, it can be easy to imagine that these realities are the final word. It might be easy to imagine that all of this is is, is just a meaningless and pathetic farce. Perhaps we are lost. But of course, Jesus reminds us this morning that the Son of Man came to seek out and to save the lost. God promises to bind up the brokenhearted to wipe away the tears from all faces. God promises to be with us even until the end of the age, and that indeed nothing, absolutely nothing, can separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus. Jesus saves. God saves. We might not begin to understand what that might look like, but God saves nonetheless. And therefore, perhaps living out of this revelation might offer us new possibilities, new ways of being ourselves, being human. For God invites us to let today to live into God's new creation. God invites us to live into God's reign emerging in our midst. And if we let them, maybe the trees might call out to us and invite us to indulge our awe and our fascination. Maybe joy and foolishness might invite us to see our world anew. Maybe we might find awkward and uncomfortable places where we can behold the presence of God with us. What might become of us if we allowed ourselves the risk of proclaiming by word and example the good news of God in Christ? Can we be foolish enough to seek and serve Christ in all people, loving our neighbors as ourselves? Can we allow ourselves 
the foolishness of, of striving for justice and peace among all people, respecting the dignity of every human being. Can we be foolish enough to allow ourselves to dream God's dream and to live into God's salvation today, even today? What a gift we have in that old fool Zacchaeus. He let his curiosity get the better of him. But it was in his foolishness that Jesus came to meet him. And perhaps the lesson is, is that God is not looking for us to have it all figured out, or for us all to be completely put together. For it sure looks like God appreciates fools and is today seeking those fools out to save. Amen.